Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend €30 Euro in store for a chance to win €50,000 for your primary school. Start collecting your Irish rugby stickers today. Konnichiwa and you're very welcome to the Left Wing Rugby World Cup Daily Independent.ie's Rugby Podcast. Uh, Jonathan Bradley... Keen Tracy and myself, Rory O'Connor, are sitting in a uh, very, very empty restaurant in Ireland's Team Hotel. Hopefully no one's going to kick us out because I think they're setting up for breakfast in a, in a little while. There's uh, hordes of school chil- Japanese school children wandering around the lobby. Uh, we're in Disneyland and Ireland have just named their team to play New Zealand in uh, the biggest game I think any of us have probably ever covered in a World Cup quarterfinal. And it's the team we all expected. Um, was anyone in any way surprised about uh, the team that we've just seen and the bench we've just seen? No, I think I was absolutely tried and trusted. You know, Joe was asked about the selection calls and how tight some of them were. And obviously he rhymed through a number of players, I would guess. A few of them that none of us ever expected to be cracking or close to cracking this 23. But you yeah. look at, you know, it's Rob Carney over Jordan Larmer and it's essentially the back row that started this World Cup ahead of Reese Ruddock. So it's the team that personally I think would have been his first choice probably coming into the tournament. It's the first time we've seen it. But no, no surprises at all. Is there anyone not here who... like Dan Levy's the only one I can think of. Maybe an inform, inform uh, Sean two years older, two years younger, Sean yeah. O'Brien. But this is the team that he's basically... Apart from Dan Levy and... and first, Josh Van der has been there for a couple of the biggest days. Mm. This is the team that he's been building towards putting out in this game, which is basically the culmination of four years of hard work from Joe Schmidt. It, like, it's, it's, it's not one of the excuses that he can fall mm, back on if things don't go wrong, is yeah, it? The, the bench as well is pretty Very much good. probably what he would have picked as well. Um, you know, we, we were chatting about it. All 15 of these starting players have beaten the All Blacks. That's yeah. amazing to go into a World Cup quarterfinal with that kind of um, attitude. Just obviously a couple of guys on the bench, um, Dave Kilcoyne, Ty Byrne, who haven't experienced it, but those guys, the calibre of players that those guys have jumped ahead of, you look at Jack McGrath and Devin Toner, and obviously Luke McGrath has jumped ahead of Kieran Marmion, who started that game last yeah. November. So these are all decisions that Joe Schmidt has made, and you're right, it's it's incredible that they've arrived at this this uh, this point. And you know, just speaking to the players there again, there there's a serious buzz around them. Um, especially when I think back to this time four years ago with all the injuries and what that there was such a nervous tension around the 
the hotel and when you were interviewing um, when you were interviewing them and it was on in Cardiff you know there was no getting away from it whereas here you mentioned it it's the biggest game that we've ever covered but how strange is it jumping on a train a Mickey Mouse train to, to get to the Ireland team hotel for the biggest the biggest one of the biggest press conference could be Joe Schmidt's last uh, team team announcement press conference and it, it, it just it fed into the, the mood that I'm getting from from the players they're, they're genuinely excited you know it, it feels like four years has obviously just boiling down to this moment but they're in a very good place I think on the pitch and off the pitch and we were at the All Blacks earlier as well and I, I, I just I get a, a small bit of you know they're mentioning more and more Irish players we were just talking about there Sonny Bill Williams even mentioned quote unquote the young player that they have uh, Farrell so I mean, Chris Farrell has Bunny Irish has Sonny Bill Williams' attention. So it's just all shaping up to be incredible. Because we talked about it on yesterday's podcast, like the days of them saying Sean O'Brien. You know, mm. we're only three years detached from Jack McGrath, who at the time was the presumptive starter for the Lions. The next summer, being confused with Rory Best at a press conference, yeah. and now it's a case of, as you say, they're going down as far as what's the fourth centre on the depth chart. If you haven't been following any Irish journalists on Instagram, and if you are, you've probably seen this in their stories, when you get to Disneyland uh, at Mahima Station, you get on a, a Disney monorail. Yesterday we got a bit, or on Tuesday we got a bit of Aladdin uh, was being piped in. Um, the, Beauty, uh, and the Beast Beauty and the Beast today. And uh, there's kind of uh, staff members from the Magical Kingdom waving at you as you get on. There was three Japanese uh, grown women dressed up as... Uh, Princesses. Was it Belle or was it, no? It was Princess mm-hmm. uh, from Aladdin. Oh, what's her I, name? I bow to your knowledge of the Jasmine. Disney. They're, Jack, heading, they're heading off for a magic carpet ride. Yeah, well. we saw Jack, yeah. Uh, Jack Sparrow was there as well. They're heading off for a magic carpet ride earlier. Uh, we are in the magical kingdom. Is it the realm of fantasy that Ooh, Ireland? Oh, that's, that's what you want. That's what you want to present today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've been working on this one. You said, look, Jonathan, you tipped Ireland to beat the All Blacks yesterday at the end of our quarterfinal preview. We didn't go into much depth about Ireland because, of course, we'd be talking about it all week. But now that we're here, now that we have the teams, we'll, we'll touch back on the New Zealand team in a, in a little while and we'll also hear a bit from Joe Schmidt. But what is it that gives you confidence about this team and their ability to go out and produce something that no Irish team has ever done before in a World Cup quarterfinal? I think it's largely what we said before in just terms of the team. This is the team that he will have wanted to put out. This is pretty much very close to the Grand Slam team. They're primed in a sense that the All Blacks can't be because of the way that their fixtures have fallen and the way that their selections have gone. And I just think that they are... You're talking about um, the challenge, that something, something that they've never done, but this group together has done so many things that no previous Irish team has done. And they seem like they're exuding confidence. Like Cian touched on it earlier, the All Blacks are almost exuding a bit of touchiness at this stage. Certainly, like, you know, you were talking about Ian Foster the other day and, like, the idea of Andy Farrell being under his skin. You're reading about it in uh, New Zealand media reports as well. And obviously the World Cup is a very different, a different beast to... November test and especially November test in Chicago but as you say there's no excuses like this is they've arrived at this point where they want to be like we were all in Cardiff four years ago and just a sort of strange atmosphere in that room compared to the room today you know Johnny had just been ruled out um, at that stage and there just there does seem to be this sort of calm confidence about them this is a team that lost to Japan two weeks ago Keen. 
Um, they've copped a lot of flack. I, I was quite critical of them myself. Um, they've lost to England heavily, lost to Wales heavily when, it's, when the chips were down. They've lost England again heavily. They've lost to Japan. This uh, They played poorly against Russia with a much changed team. What is it that suddenly, because I'm feeling that a little bit now as well. I mean, you tipped New Zealand yesterday, but it sounded like you've got, you hold out a bit of hope for Ireland. What is it about this week and what we've seen, what we've heard, what we saw last Saturday against Samoa, do you think has maybe changed the mood music around this Irish team? I think it comes down to one one player, one player only. That's why I'm feeling confident. Johnny Sexton's Johnny. performance against, albeit against Samoa, but there was just things he did in in that game that looked like a guy who was back to the top of his game helped massively. It must be said by Conor Murray, who also looked back to his best, and he's kind of been, you know, dipping up and down. And he spoke about that. Um, we'll have a piece in tomorrow's papers with him, you know, about his form dipping up and down, but. When the pack set the platform like that, and they're obviously not going to be able to do it to the same extent, but like you look at Ty Furlong and Keane Healy, like they 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 don't fear going up against this All Blacks front row anymore. And I was watching back the November game again last night, and I had forgotten how good Gary Ringrose was in that game. Arguably his best performance in an Irish shirt. He was absolutely outstanding. Hit everything that moved, and I thought he was excellent in um, throughout the World Cup. I think he's been Ireland's um, best player. He obviously is coming in now fresh as well, so. Look, the way this has fallen, it's fallen nicely, as Joe Schmidt kind of said, they didn't want to meet the All Blacks this early in it. It's happened. Most people are expecting the All Blacks to win. That suits Ireland. So there's sort of less, I'm not going to say expectation, that's the wrong word, but, you know, compared to the last two quarterfinals that they've been in against Argentina and Wales, Ireland were expected to win both of them. They're not expected to win this. Most people won't give them a chance. I think they do have a chance because they have that performance in them. And if... Sexton and Murray can replicate the kind of form because you'd forget Conor Murray didn't even play in the last November yeah. games. Kieran Marmion started, so like that's another factor into the equation here. It's it's about time Ireland won a quarter final, isn't it? I mean, I, it's kind of like all the progress that's been made. I was talking to a, a journalist who covered Ireland in the eighties and nineties earlier, and he was like, "We should be thanking our lucky stars that we have this era." And I think because we're all a little bit younger, we have seen Ireland develop as a as a nation in, in the in rugby terms win one-off games, get better, win Six Nations titles, and then under this Joe Schmidt era, become a really consistent team. But the one thing that's really a glaring omission on the on the, on the resume of, of Irish rugby is the fact that they've never been beyond this stage and they've lost. Like, you know, 1991 was really the only time they've they've really come close to actually pulling this off. And it would be a major disappointment. And, you know, I think it would be a major kick in the teeth for Irish rugby if they weren't at least to go close on Saturday because like when, are we, when, are, when like they've had the coach that they wanted the RFU have more control over the provinces than they've ever had before they're able to move players around they've got more options they've got the deepest squad they've ever had if they don't land the blow in this one when are they ever going to land the blow especially because you know you talk, we were talking about it the other day um, on the train like this is the last go around at this tournament for a lot of these players we so, obviously yeah. know I'm the coach the, the coach is going we know that Rory Best is going but when you look down that team there's a big number of that team that's not going to be in France in four years. They had the, had a crack at it against Argentina, largely big parts of the same group. And it is going to be a huge regret because they've achieved so much. You think about the series win in Australia, you think about beating the All Blacks, think about beating the All Blacks in Dublin, winning a test in South Africa as much as they should have won that series. They've broken so many of these glass ceilings, they've ticked so many of these boxes that it is going to feel like something's missing, almost there's a missing piece of that puzzle if this same group doesn't go on and break this last one. 
let's hear a little bit from Joe Schmidt now. Um, he was asked in today's press conference about, um, well, he spoke about uh, the fact that Ireland have pretty much lost any element of surprise that they might have had uh, coming into previous games against New Zealand because they have beaten them twice and they have, uh, you know, they have New Zealand's attention. So uh, we'll play a little bit from Joe's audio now. Yeah, we, we're certainly not going to sneak up on them anymore. I, 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 you know, we're not going to surprise them. Um, I, I think they're well aware of, of how we play and, and what they're going to do to, to combat that and, and what they're going to, to put into their own armoury to make sure that we're, we're, chasing, we're chasing them about. So, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be a great believer in you learn more from your losses. You learn more from every experience. And um, there are so many variables that go into a result in the test match that uh, you know, I, I learn from every win, loss or draw that we have just because you get a little bit more information about an individual player or, or on a, how this sequence works or how that defensive map went at that particular time. So, uh, look, I, I've got huge respect for, for Steve Hansen, for, for um, Ian Foster, for uh, the full coaching, st coaching staff. Mike Cron has been there you know, for, for a long time and he's seen a lot of big, big games and he's, he's creative around the, the line out as well as, uh, as, well as the scrum and, and how you can manipulate opponents. So, you know, there, there's, there's a host of challenges for us. Scott McLeod, um, you know, has spent three days in our camp um, many moons ago. And uh, so he, he'll be very aware of, of, of how we function and, and he's now looking at how they're gonna function against us. So. Those are the tight circles that rugby work in. Everybody knows everybody else pretty well. And so I've no doubt that they've got a few things cooked up that, that we haven't seen before that we're going to find really challenging. So that's Joe Schmidt. Uh, we also went to see Steve Hansen, our old, our old pal today. You were all about 15 different All Blacks. They kept rolling them in. It was like, okay, when this press conference needs to end. We don't have enough space for all this. Um, but it was very interesting to hear, him, hear, hear from Steve as ever. Uh, what do you make of their team? Because... We well, were kind of veering we, towards thinking a few, a few, a few things weren't going to happen. Brody Retallick starting, yeah, like that, that no was the, yeah, the that was the one, the Retallick one. Like we had flagged it earlier in the podcast that I was chatting to a few of the Kiwi journalists, and they reckoned he'd start in the bench now. Like they obviously know a lot more about their sort of team, but I found that so hard to believe, especially Red Herring. They were thinking it was going to go back to Joe. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. That's very true. But they were spot on about Anton Leonard Brown playing twelve and Jack Goodhue thirteen. I think we mentioned it. I, I'm quite surprised, uh, not surprised because it was flagged, but I'm, I like Ryan Crotty and I think he's he was pretty important to, to everything they've done. Very tough guy. Um, so I think Leonard Brown is going to get a hell of a lot of traffic from Robbie Henshaw coming coming down his channel. I think it's interesting, like when you go to the All Blacks pressers, um, I don't think they like seeing the likes of Irish journalists going because we were talking about this earlier. They don't usually get asked too 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 much too many hard questions, um, and we obviously don't tow the party line. And Rod, in fairness to you, you Seve Reese was up and a very controversial figure. You know, for anyone who doesn't know, he was set to join Connacht last year and probably could have went on and played for Ireland uh, with the project rule. But 
was the, the move was scuppered by the RFU because he was uh, for domestic uh, pleaded guilty to, doma- to domestic to abuse. basically assault he assaulted so his partner but he got so he, he he was given a discharge without conviction mm. um, got picked up by the Crusaders having had his contract quashed by the RFU and, and now he's playing for the Ovals. what a sliding doors moment that's what I kind of tried to ask him now yeah, he couldn't it, even hear him when he was like it, he slumped over it was really interesting to yeah, see but his like body the, language the, 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 this, this is what I mean about asking them the tough questions and it, it was strange that the All Blacks you know decided to, to put him up for media when the Irish press were going to there because it's our job to ask those questions for the people back home as well because I'm sure you know any Connacht fans who are listening are curious as well because this guy has been a sensation since he's broken into he's been playing against the Cheetahs this weekend like it's crazy isn't it and then he, you know he could be playing for Ireland at the next World Cup but his they hate talking about sort of anyone else other themselves but when he was put in a spot it was he, he shrunk didn't he he shrunk into yeah, the chair I, I think he I think he knew possibly that he was going to be asked about it because I tried to ask him a question earlier and he just didn't really want to know about it. But um, yeah, it was it was interesting. They they hate talking about other people other than themselves. And even we were asking Richie Mwanga, you know, about Ronan O'Gara's influence. And in fairness, he was he was quite good and he couldn't resist a little cheeky dig at at his accent. He was saying that he's had a really you know big impact on him, but that he couldn't really understand what he was saying half the time. So he just kind of nodded along, but. Yeah, the the All Blacks pressers, they work very differently, I suppose, the Irish ones, don't they? They put three players up on the top table at a time and it's hard to kind of get to all of them, whereas Ireland kind of do them individually. But as a holder team, it's still a seriously good team, isn't it? I mean, any team that can leave out Ben Smith and Ryan Crotty, and we haven't even mentioned Rico Ioanni, and I know he hasn't, he's been out of form, but like... Is, is that a sign, though, that, like, I thought this... Like, look, they lost all their leaders in... 2015, like apart from Kieran Reid, Ben Smith, who's not even playing this weekend, a few others, they, they all retired. You know, this great generation, the greatest generation of all backs possibly ever to play the game, built this two World Cup era that we're now, uh, you know, they're going for three in a row. He's had to rebuild. During the Lions series, he handed deb- test debuts to Jordy Barrett and uh, Le Mappe midway, you know, in, before the first test, at a time where they should be building toward, towards it. One of them has been jettisoned, the other one's on the bench. He's made He's changed his, his, his uh, the whole way of playing late in the day with Mwanga and Barrett. He's got Reese and Bridge on the on the wings, who are unbelievably exciting players. One doesn't fit what I perceive to be their cultural values because you know we should you know if you're you know IRFU wouldn't hire him. The other one is inexperienced. They're both inexperienced players. Like this is not the same beast. They're they're still dangerous. They're still the best in the world, but it's not the same beast. That France came up against in that quarterfinal four years ago and put and got shipped six sorry shipped 60, 68 or something points in that game. This is a much more human All Black side in my in my reading of it, Jonathan. I think if you look at that twenty fifteen team especially, you thought that when they had an off day, they were still going to win, and when they were on the money, they were going to absolutely destroy teams. And you mentioned that France game, and that's the perfect example of yeah. obviously France were terrible, but when they hit their peak, they were devastating in a way that. I've never seen a rugby team be. Yeah. And we all sort of marked that as the end of an era. And the way that they carried it into 2016, the um, loss to Ireland, which was obviously, they had plenty of reasons for that at the time. But their form in 2016 as a whole almost made you think that um, they just kept going, that they hadn't missed a beat. And then it was really pretty much the Sonny Bill Williams red card in that Lions tour that started 
I suppose to expose the shaker foundations and we're, it's all relative because we're talking about as you say still the best team in the world but they're 100% not the team that they were Yeah. and that to me is where you have the opening even if Ireland had have played their best in 2015 and New Zealand had, a, had have had an off day New Zealand probably still would have won now and now it may only be a I don't know, 30, 40% chance. But if Ireland hit what they're capable of and New Zealand have an off day, you'd back Ireland now. I think they, they'd argue that they haven't really changed their style because Damien McKenzie was that kind of second playmaker. And, you know, he started that day at the Aviva and he was actually really good. So it's a lot of faith being put in Mwanga, who in fairness has been absolutely outstanding. His Crusaders have won three super titles in a row. But to move Bowden Barrett out of 10 is a big decision because you know he's arguably the best 10 in the world you know him and himself Sexton and Farrell but it's the space I think that Barrett gets coming from 15 stepping into the line as a, as the first or second receiver whichever way they, they do it that's what makes him incredibly dangerous and it was quite interesting um the, the New Zealand press were putting, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but it was actually a mate of mine had been reading a bit of it and he sent me a few screenshots and they were really pushing for Jordan Larmer to start this game. Oh, yeah? It was incredible. Like the New Zealand Herald, they were all driving it. And it was actually quite funny. Um, I'm not sure, was it possibly the New Zealand Herald? Uh, used a photo and they did a big piece comparing Jordan Larmer to Christian Cullen. But then the photo that they used was CJ Stander. Lovely. Uh, so CJ Stander, Jordan Larmer, a bit different. But sorry, so my point of that is... I think the All Blacks maybe wanted to see Jordan Larmer starting because as good as he is, they probably thought they could get at him defensively. So, yeah, I think their, their style of play, like they wanted to go with the two playmakers and I think it's brilliant because it makes, it, it, it's more exciting to watch, isn't it? But to leave out someone like Ben Smith is, is a pretty, pretty stark reminder of their quality. The Ireland team is one that we expected to see. New Zealand's probably close to uh, down in Oita there's been a selection uh, bombshells left right and centre um, Eddie Jones has dropped um, George Ford and gone with the uh, the same 10-12-13 axis to beat Ireland in the Six Nations I think and then Michael Cech has dropped James, uh, James O'Connor and picked 19 year old uh, Jordan Pattaya Serious um, player. It was a serious player. But yeah. He's nineteen. Yeah. And he's up against. You know, the England have picked, picked this massive uh, centre partnership to kind of win collisions and stuff. Expecting to see yeah, the big man. Yes, um, thirteen. So like, or like this game has now got become even more. Mm. Just Lele Fano starting. Uh, maybe we should have known that when he was put up for interview earlier in the week. But um, it's a, uh, it's a very, it's that's shaping up to be a really interesting proposition of a game. Yeah, I'm a massive fan of Henry Slade. I have to say, I think he was so good over the last couple of years, and obviously he had that injury then and he fell out. But I had thought that you know that was their sort of best combination with Farrell at ten, uh, Tulagi and Slade. But then you see at this World Cup, in fairness to George Ford, he's been absolutely excellent. So to drop him at a point where he's been playing so well is like it's so harsh in him, but. I wonder how much of it was were they trying to get into each other's heads, Cheka and Eddie Jones, because I don't think anyone would have seen Jordan Padaya starting at, at 13 for a game like this. But like you said, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that he thought it was going to be too laggy and Farrell get like he's a big unit for, for a 19 year old. But even dropping George Cruz is, is massive and having Courtney Laws in there, which suggests that they want to absolutely smash Brutality them. is the word that he Brutality, used. You hear yeah. it a couple of times, but th that's kind of what they brought to Dublin last year. There's not, not many teams can live with England if they bring that level of physicality. I don't think so. Like Probably like the rest of you, I was surprised because Ford has probably been the form 10 at this tournament, but it's the Australia team to me is even more surprising. Like you look at Pattaya and he's 
had his previous runs on the wing. Apparently, they were trying to get him a run at centre during this tournament, but uh, injuries have scuppered it. And then their halfbacks, we sort of talked about it yesterday. They keep changing and keep changing. This is only the sixth time that Will Ganea and Christian Leilefano have played together. The first time since the Argentina game in the Rugby Championship. There's no cohesion there in that back line at all. And while, yes, surprised to see Ford dropped, I think the point that Kane makes is good. Like, that is essentially the back line that beat England with uh, just Watson coming in for uh, uh, Watson coming in for Noel. And we know how impressive they were that day. So I'd be a lot more confident, I think, in an England win after seeing the teams. Well, we'll come back to Ireland against New Zealand after tomorrow's captain's run as we get closer and closer to this uh, game for game for the ages. I think we're all looking forward to it. Um, we're all heading back towards this Disney monorail. I'm hoping... We get a bit of Frozen. We get a bit of a bit of Lion King. Hopefully on the way back. That's that's what we're all living for now. <laughs> bit of work to do beforehand first. But uh, thanks again for joining us, and we'll chat to you tomorrow. Cheers. The Left Wing Podcast in association with Aldi. Spend thirty euro in store for a chance to win fifty thousand euro for your primary school.